freedom, man. That's what it's all about. You've got to groove on freedom, like the good book says. listening to what on earth is happening this show will discuss the topics of human consciousness mind control natural law the occult and all issues that affect the freedom of the people of earth what on earth is happening will endeavor to shine light upon the darkness of our world and to offer empowering solutions to the problems we face as humanity approaches its critical moment of choice. And now, here is your host, Mark Passio. Welcome one and all, you're listening to What on Earth is Happening here on the Oracle Broadcasting Radio Network. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website, whatonearthishappening.com. The network's website is oraclebroadcasting.com. Today is Sunday, November 25th, 2012. The show is live every Sunday from 5 to 7 p.m. East Coast time. That's 4 to 6 p.m. Central time. We have a great show lined up for you here today. We're going to be having another all-call-in show, and this time it's going to be focused on any solution that the callers want to talk about. We're going to review the entire solutions section as we've been laying it out over the past many months on what on earth is happening. So uh, any solution that we have touched upon or if you have new solutions uh, to offer to help to affect the current state of human consciousness for the better, that is what this show is all going to be all about, and it is going to be made by the listeners, by the callers. So let me give the call-in number right here at the top of the show. The call-in number to join us toll-free is 866-841-1065. Once again, 866-841-1065. Your call coming up on this edition of What on Earth is Happening as we talk about grassroots solutions to affect real, positive, and lasting change in our world. I have a few event announcements and thanks to uh, go over. I want to thank Len and Honor, first and foremost, for coming on the show last week and doing uh, one of the best interviews that I, I've personally ever done with anyone. Um, Lennon was just phenomenal, and if you haven't heard the show, definitely go back into the show archive and listen to that one because it was a great show. That's show number 130 in the podcast archive on the whatonearthishappening.com website. I'd also like to thank all of the people who helped organize the End the Fed rally in Philadelphia yesterday, uh, including Mike Salvi, Michael Heist, Michael Heist, Bob Gardner, and Darren Wolf. It was a, uh, an event that was definitely light on turnout because we had pretty cold weather yesterday. And um, 
I would really have liked to have seen a lot more people there for this and the Fed rally, but um, the people that did show up were uh, very well informed, high energy, and it went well overall. And we did some outreach to people on the street, uh, which I'm going to touch on a little bit uh, when we jump into the topic for tonight, because um, it was you know Black Friday weekend, the day after Black Friday. It was uh, yesterday, Saturday. And you just see the the general um, state of consciousness on the street in a place like Center City, Philadelphia. And it was just uh, as far as the people we interacted with on the street, uh, practically de deplorable. I mean, people really are walking around like zombies, literally. It's, uh, you know, during the holiday shopping season, it seems to be worse than ever. Um, just people with glassy-eyed you know, uh, a glassy-eyed look, you know, stumbling around, just not really paying attention. There's no alertness in their eyes. I want to just briefly touch on that dynamic when we start the show, uh, start the topic of discussion, and just see where other people, you know, sense consciousness being at. Do you, do you see it, uh, you know, progressing? Do you see it getting better? Or do you see it really, really uh, taking a, uh, a turn for the worse and, and descending at an even faster pace? So, um, uh, thanks to all the organizers of the uh, and the Fed rally yesterday for their efforts and outreach. And I want to thank Larkin Rose for um, appearing last night at Truth Freedom Prosperity Live, TFP Live. Uh, Larkin did a great job, and um, he was the featured uh, interviewed activist at TFP Live last night at Underground Arts. So, um, of course... Ladies and gentlemen, the Free Your Mind 2 conference coming up here in uh, Philadelphia in April. It is just going to be an incredible event. We're really excited about the speaker lineup, and I have a new announcement to make for it today. So Free Your Mind 2, a conference on consciousness, mind control, and the occult. Here in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, April 25th, 26th, and 27th, Free Your Mind returns to Philadelphia in 2013 with a three-day conference featuring top caliber whistleblowers from across the country who will shed light upon our world's problems and bring forward empowering solutions. The location is the beautiful Arch Street Meeting House at 320 Arch Street here in Philadelphia in the historic district of the city. The doors will open at 8 o'clock a.m. each day with the program beginning at 9 a.m. each day. The featured speakers so far are Alan Steinfeld, Alfred Weber, Andrew Bashago, Ben Stewart, Bob Tuscan, Kathy O'Brien, Curtis Davis, Dr. Dream, Freighter X, Freeman Fly, Jan Irvin, Jay Parker, Jim Fetzer, Larkin Rose, Laura Eisenhower, Lennon Honor, Lorraine Moray, Myself, Mark Passio, Mark Phillips, Marty Leeds, Randall Carlson, Ross Ben, and Sonia Barrett. We'll be adding one more speaker to complete the lineup. The advanced ticket prices. For the Thursday conference, $30. For the Thursday meet and greet, $20. And I can announce today, confirmed, after the speaker meet and greet, we will be having a theremin concert, the Divine Hand Ensemble, that has been known to play at the uh, Tesla 
uh, celebrations, the Tesla Energy Independence celebrations, when we have those in Philadelphia, the Divine Hand Ensemble center around the theremin played by Mono Davina and his uh, eight-piece string ensemble will be playing after the meet and greet in the main hall at the, the Arch Street Meeting House. We're really excited to have the Divine Hand Ensemble on board. We are not going to increase the price for the meet and greet. Everyone who buys a ticket for the meet and greet will get to go into the concert for free. So for $20, you get the meet and greet with a meal uh, of vegetarian and vegan cuisine uh, served at the meet and greet, plus the uh, concert featuring the Divine Hand Ensemble. I mean, you can't beat that anywhere. That is just an incredible deal. And um, we will also be offering just uh, admission to the con a concert featuring the Divine Hand as a separate uh, ticket. So um, even if you don't um, have a ticket for the meet and greet, you can purchase a ticket to just see the Divine Hand Ensemble play at the, at the Arch Street Meeting House as well. So for the Thursday meet and greet with a meal and with a concert afterward, $20, the Friday conference, $40, and the Saturday conference, $40. For all three days, plus the speaker meet and greet and concert featuring the Divine Hand Ensemble, $120. Uh, very, very reasonably priced. The best way to help support this conference is to buy an advanced ticket. The advanced ticket sales we are counting on to help offset the costs that we need to put up up front to bring all of these speakers into Philadelphia. We have to pay their round-trip fares into the city and then back to where we're bringing them in from. So uh, that's, uh, you know, that is very expensive, and we really need advanced ticket sales to help cover those costs. So if you're planning on coming to the Free Your Mind conference, uh, for your mind to conference, please get your tickets now. Now is the time to pick them up. Pick them up in advance. Uh, we have to uh, cover the all of the travel arrangements by no later than uh, mid February at the very latest. So we're really hoping to have a lot of advanced ticket sales come in over the next uh, couple of months. So an advanced ticket sale is better than a donation. If you could make a donation to help support the effort, that's welcome and encouraged but an advanced ticket sale is even better than a donation. So that's the Free Your Mind 2 conference coming up April 25th, 26th, and 27th, 2013 here in Philadelphia for speaker uh, bios and ticket information and venue information and much more. Please visit the conference website at www.freeyourmindconference.com. Uh, I want to thank Franco Eward of H2O Radio Network uh, in uh, Montreal, Canada, uh, for um, agreeing to uh, run an ad for the Free Your Mind conference on his website. So for those uh, who listen to the H2O network in Canada, uh, you'll be hearing uh, the ad spot for the Free Your Mind conference. If there's anyone else that would like to run uh, the ad spot that we had made for the Free Your Mind 2 conference, please get in touch with me and I can send you the file for uh, running it on uh, whatever radio network you happen to have if you want to take part in helping us to promote for the Free Your Mind 2 event. I'd like to uh, announce that I will be appearing on These Changing Times, a radio show out of the United Kingdom uh, I was invited by Tony Kilvert to appear this Wednesday, November 28th from 8 to 10 p.m. UK time. That's 3 
p.m. to 5 p.m. Eastern Time. And the website is These Changing Times Radio. Times is spelled with a Z. So These Changing Times with a Z, radio.ning.com. You could check out uh, that radio station out of the United Kingdom. Also, the Truth, Freedom, Prosperity documentary night, the documentary screening and discussion evening, will be taking place, as it always does, on the last Thursday of every month. Uh, this Thursday, November 29th, 2012, at Essene Food Market. Essene Food Market is at 719 South 4th Street. That's the corner of 4th and Monroe Streets in Philadelphia. This month, we will be screening the documentary, The Turning Point, which is a documentary about the Bilderberg Group. It exposes the Bilderberg Group, what this international think tank of uh, high financiers, politicians, uh, media moguls, etc., uh, is all about what their agenda is and why it is so important for alternative media to cover this since the mainstream media refuses to do so. So the Turning Point documentary, our featured documentary this Thursday night, November 29th at 6.30 p.m. at a scene food market, 4th and Monroe uh, in Philadelphia. For more information, please visit truthfreedomprosperity.org. Uh, one other quick announcement about the uh, documentary night this Thursday is that we will be joined by a special guest who is coming into Philadelphia for a few days this, uh, this week and this weekend and uh, uh, appearing at the um, documentary screening and discussion evening at a scene market on Thursday will be my friend Freighter X from the American Freedom Radio Network. So Freighter X will actually be joining us in person for the documentary night, and he'll be getting involved in the discussion as well. So um, if the, the great documentary we're showing isn't enough, if you want to come and meet Freighter X and maybe even uh, get in a discussion with him about uh, the, the movie and about anything else that's going on in the world, come on out to Essene Food Market this Thursday evening at 6.30 p.m. The ad-free chip-in effort for the What on Earth is Happening radio show currently stands at $350. Uh, donations are steadily coming in, slowly but surely, so thank you so much for that effort to keep the show commercial-free for the two hours that we're on the air with only the uh, small two-minute uh, two uh, break at the top of the hour, the station break at the top of the hour. Uh, we do need to raise 1000 by uh, January 31st in order to keep the show ad-free on the network through the February, March, and April period. So uh, again, it's an uh, ad-free chip-in effort, and it goes for a three-month period. Uh, we're at 350 so we're over a third of the way there. So uh, good job to everyone who has donated, and uh, keep up uh, those great efforts. Okay, let's jump into... Uh, our topic, which is solutions. And just as a very brief review, I'll go over the 10 grassroots solutions that we've covered in depth on the What on Earth is Happening radio show over the past several months. Um, these are basic grassroots things that people can do and put into practice in their life to help to heal themselves and their own worldview and ultimately to uh, bring others to a balanced state of consciousness as well, to help to bring others to that balanced state of consciousness, which we so desperately need in this world uh, before we uh, encounter disaster head on. So we've talked about 10 basic overarching solutions. Of course, you know, we could get into, uh, you know, different sub solutions within these. And there are other things 
that kind of fall under the umbrella of these solutions we didn't get really in-depth into, but we've done that over time, like free energy, you know, uh, get, you know, getting off of the polluting and unsustaining energy paradigm that we're currently addicted to. But I guess you could say that even falls under the detachment from our current monetary system because it's just basically acting as a form of energy, but we need the real thing. We need to tap into the real unlimited energy supplies that are actually all around us in nature. We've, we've talked about many different solutions. The healing of one's own worldview, getting out of the poisoned worldview, the poisoned paradigm, the way of looking at the world that we've been fed through the media and through indoctrination and manipulation techniques over the years, really since we've been born, uh, we're continuously fed this poisoned worldview. You know, that there's too many people that we're always, you know, going to be um, low consciousness beings, that that's just human nature and that, you know, there's nothing you can do about that. And um, looking at the individual as, you know, based on their role in life or how much money they have in their bank account, you know, these are all completely low consciousness ways of seeing oneself in the world. And it's, you know, something that real, really needs to be overturned through the process of world we, worldview healing. And some people call that process shamanism, which is the ability to see in the dark what has been done to the human condition so that one can actually envision solutions and then help to put those solutions into practice in our lives. So the healing of worldview is where it has to all start. And that, that's why we took that as the very first solution. Um, we went over the change in the quality of our attention, how we have to get off the poison stream of media and get out of the indoctrination that we've been put through, really overturning fundamental axioms that we've been fed and that we've grown attached to. And that's all about getting on to po uh, positive, empowering streams of information in the alternative community. We talked about the development of true present moment awareness, not a lot of the concept of, you know, tunnel vision that we often get when we hear the term true present, uh, present moment awareness in the new age movement, but what true, the development of true present moment awareness actually is, being in the moment and actually using all of your attention, your care and your will to affect change, to affect the outcome to actually make a difference in the in the physical world. It's not just about, you know, um, focusing on minutia or hoping that something better is going to come, but it's actually about being truly present so you could put your full energy behind uh, um, creating change as a true change agent in the world. We talked about changing our diet as the fourth solution, uh, getting off of the poison... Um, uh, so-called sustenance that we take in, the so-called food that we take in on a daily basis, which is really nothing of the kind. It's basically been poisoned and tainted. And we need to understand the importance of high nutrient density, organic, fresh, locally grown foods, and how that can really help to change not only our body, but of course our mind and ultimately our connection to spirit, because it's all interconnected. It's all you know, one and the same system. It's an, a holistic interlocking system, the mind, the body, and the spirit. So changing the diet is such an important part of that process of uh, coming out of low consciousness and helping to purify oneself. It's a process of alchemy, as we talked about. 
The fifth solution we went over was the detachment from the monetary system, which has such a stranglehold over humanity and humanity's mind. We talked about money as a religion, and one of the three uh, aspects of what I called the unholy trinity of religion, government, and money. And uh, we talked about how difficult it can be to uh, detach oneself from the existing immoral monetary system that is in place. We uh, went over, you know, talking about some briefly some alternatives to the current monetary system. Um, we did a series of shows on the sixth solution that I've uh, talked about in depth, which was the non-support of dominators. Probably what I consider to be the most important, understanding that there is no such thing as authority and to stop bowing down to it and accepting it in our lives, thinking that these people somehow are justified in doing what they're doing when all they're doing is taking other people's rights and they have no right to do so. They're not in the right. And it's time to stop showing them what we call respect, which is really just, again, uh, cowering to them and their demands. Uh, they don't deserve respect because they haven't showed any respect to themselves, first of all, by being a controller and a dominator and not understanding that you have no right to control anything except your own thoughts, your own emotions, and your own actions, and you're not in control of anything else. And um, getting out of the headspace of even uh, talking about the people who do these jobs with any sort of respect or with any kind of, uh, you know, uh, bowing down and putting yourself on a, in a lower space and them up on a pedestal and, or you know, worshipping them as some kind of heroes or people who are doing something that's good instead of unknowingly serving evil in their ignorance. Um, harsh words, absolutely. True, absolutely. So uh, we went over the concept of getting out of the support of dominators stop thinking about them in the ways that we've been conditioned to think about them over many weeks. And uh, the tail end of that was talking about how we are dominators in our lives, even through the, th the practices that we uh, engage in through food. So carnism was a part of that, talking about how that's the ultimate form of domination, the killing, the taking of another's life without need, without necessity, and uh, you know, eating their, the flesh of, of dead animals. So uh, that was part of the non-supportive dominator section that we went over. We talked about the development of mindfulness, which is essentially a brain balancing technique. It's a way to come to a place of balance in the mind, in the brain, uh, through uh, forms of different forms of meditation and just general watchfulness and be, becoming the observer of your own actions in your life. Uh, a simple yet very effective and powerful solution. We also talked about the use of entheogens in a conscious context. This is the last, um, chronologically the last um, solution that we went over in recent weeks. And we talked about how these substances, these spirit helpers, uh, which is more what they are than just simple substances or compounds, they can help us and help to guide us and take us out of this left brain form of imbalance that many of us are trapped in and help us to heal our worldview if they're used in a conscious context. 
we also talked about the solution of true positive thinking, not again what is goes around in the new age circles as positive thinking, just envision it and you'll get with what you want. But this is more in the sense of believing in yourself and not being negative uh, about what's going on, just continuing to push forward and push ahead with sustained effort and sustained willpower not getting into such a funk about what's going on in the world that you just stop your effort and say, oh, it's not worth it. You need to believe in yourself and you need to know that what you're doing is helping to put the truth forward and in doing so, uh, engage the, the will completely and not give up. So uh, that aspect of true positive thinking we covered as one of the solutions and then the, the final, the tenth solution was to help others to go through the same process of, of awakening that we all have in coming on to the truth from the hypnotized and uh, manipulated state of consciousness that we've all come out of uh, now that we are aware of what's really going on in the world. So helping others to awaken is the process of ourselves becoming a teacher, becoming that world teacher, that worldview healer, that shaman, if you will, the one who sees in the dark and helps others to make that journey through that darkness. Um, so important to do that work. And I would argue that that is indeed why we're in the situation that we're in, that we have so few people that are willing to do that great work of becoming that teacher because um, it really takes a lot of energy to do it. It takes a lot of effort, sustained willpower, belief in oneself, and study and knowledge to know the truth and have enough confidence in yourself to come out and speak it and communicate it. And not everyone is at that level of consciousness, of course, but um, it is important to understand, most of all, that knowing is not the end, it is the beginning. And then we have to do something with what we know. We have to put it into practice in the world and help others to come to that same level of knowledge and awakening in themselves. So that was the tenth solution, and that completes a brief outline of the things that we've talked about in the grassroots solutions section, which I call the way out. Of course, the related images for the show are always posted on the What on Earth is Happening radio page during the show and then with the podcast after uh, the show with each related podcast. So um, you could take a look at the list of grassroots solutions, which I have just been uh, going over the outline of. Uh, it's image number three on the whatonearthishappening.com radio show page. Okay, let's go to the phones. Your calls, this entire edition of What on Earth is Happening, the topic, any solutions that we have covered are fair game. If you want to bring up new solutions, you go right ahead and propose what you think uh, would help humanity to move forward in these troubling times. Let's go to the phone lines. Area code 602, I believe this is Ivan in Phoenix. You're live on What on Earth is Happening. Hi, Mark. Yeah, it is Ivan. Can you hear me okay today? Ivan, I can hear you. Welcome. Uh, there's a little bit of background. I don't know if it's possible to indicate that. I can hear your voice well, so I'll go ahead. You know what? I'm going to go ahead and call you back after 4 o'clock, your second hour, where I'll be away from these machines, and I'll put in uh, my information at that time. Okay, Mark? No problem, Ivan. Thanks. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye.
Yeah, a little, little bit of background noise there, or maybe a little bit more than a little bit. But uh, give us a call back when you're in a little bit of a quieter location, and uh, we'll de definitely always a pleasure to hear from you. And uh, you bring up a lot of great points and interesting uh, things to consider on the show when you call in. So call back, and uh, I'll bring you right up. All right, let's go to another caller. Uh, the call-in number again, 866-841-1065, toll-free, 866-841-1065. Let's go to another caller. Caller from the 905 area code, you are live on What on Earth is Happening. Welcome. Hello, Mark. Uh, awesome to talk to you. Are you hearing me okay? You're coming through loud and clear. What's your name? Awesome. Okay, my name's Ron, and uh, first of all, I just want to say lots of love out to you, and lots of love out to the listeners uh, that are listening now. Uh, first of all, uh, just a little bit about myself. Um, I've been going through about a five-year process. And it takes time. Uh, and I managed to deprogram myself of the military because I was a soldier for 15 years. And also as a child, I was raised as a Jehovah's Witness. So I carried a lot of religious guilt all my right. life. And I find that now... Um, the things that I've gotten rid of are uh, suicidal thoughts, um, no more self-loathing. Um, my consciousness level is through the roof. It's like I'm on a rocket ship right now. Right. I've been listening to your show since uh, last, last summer, and I'm now a vegetarian. And that's even taken my consciousness higher and higher, and it continues to go higher and higher. Um, the one thing that I realized before I even started listening to your show is that, you know what, I've spent all these years now gathering this information, gathering knowledge from hundreds of different sources, hundreds of hours, and I said to myself, you know what, i got to do something with this. Like, I can't sit on this stuff. It, 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 it would be wrong to not try and speak to people if I can't. And for quite a while, I would say I was banging my head with people. But now I've sort of learned that, you know, there's, there, there's some certain words I can apply to this. And um, I would say the, the first word is engage. Engage people. Engage them wherever you can and whatever you can. And you don't have to stand there and talk for hours. I've engaged people for five minutes just on any topic you want to talk about that's relevant to what's going on, whether it be um, I, you know, I, I get my water from the country, a countryside spring and I come back to the city and, and, and somebody in my building sees me bringing it up and right away I, they'll, they'll ask you, Oh, you got water, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, yeah, yeah, I don't drink fluoridated water. And this is why blah, blah, blah. I've talked to them for like two minutes, but right away you can see you've shaken something in their head that, Hey, they're going to go look on the internet or something now right. and check this out. When you I just, just told them, plan a so seed little. That seed can grow exactly. even at a future point, and your words cannot be unheard. At least they hear it, even if they don't readily understand it right at that time. It can, it can fester in there as a seed, which can eventually sprout. Yeah, and that's, a, that's another thing. Like For instance, now I've got a woman at my gym. She asked me out for coffee because um, she had trouble sleeping. I, I talked to her, well, you ever tried meditation? She goes, no. Well, look into it. Check it out, right? And, you know, so she wants to check it out. She wants to hear more. So I'm actually going to go out with her, right? And um, the, the other thing is, you know, keep, keep momentum going. I mean, once you've got it, keep it rolling. Like, don't, don't just stop. Like, it's, and, and there's places you can engage people that are, uh, are more aware. And one example for me is uh, uh, the organic market I go to. 
when you go there, there's people there that are already either awake or on the verge of being awake just because that they're being responsible about their eating. Right away, I, I've engaged so many people there, and and it just you know it just goes on and on and on. Like, um, don't feel frustrated if you can't stand there and talk for hours about you know mind control and all this stuff. Just little bits here and there, and and uh, refer people to the internet. You know, just tell them, hey, go go look this up on the internet. Blah blah blah. You know, so yeah, you don't need to be an expert in every aspect of this. It's even pick something exactly. that you do understand well and focus on that with people and and try to bring that to them if they're unaware of it. Uh, it it's whatever your personal strengths are or what you're good at communicating. And everybody has that's different in everybody. I mean, for me, of course, it's the mind control techniques and natural law. Those are the you know what I consider my specialities or fortes to communicate to people. But you could do you know anything as long as it's something that you feel comfortable talking about and you can communicate well. Get out there and do it. And like you said. Um, uh, just don't stop. Just don't give up. Like, you know, even if some one person's unreceptive to it, another person will be receptive to it. Uh, and you'll make a difference in their life, even if it's a small one. And as you say, etymology is a great weapon because people actually love, like, people like to hear when, when you go, do you know what this word means? Do you know what this word means? Right. You know, uh, this is what it actually means. And they go, oh, wow. Right. And they're, they're like, you know, a little bit stunned. Right. And, and this sort of thing. Now, just on the other, on some other points, um, uh, I want to, like when you talk about uh, entheogens, well, as a young, as a young man, I went through all of those stuff, but in a recreational way. So I kind of know what it's all about, but, uh, some other suggestions that I would make to people along the same lines, if you don't want to try the entheogen thing is, hey, I tell people, you know what? Go on, say YouTube and type in native elders speak. Okay. And and you listen to Native Elders and what they've got to say. Amazing stuff. Um, another thing is, uh, hey, if, if you got the money, uh, you know, it's just as good as an entheogen is go travel to India, <laughs> okay, and, and see how the people live there. And you can humble yourself that way. And um, just the other thing is, have you ever heard of Ormus? Oh, of course. Uh, orbi orbitally rearranged monoatomic elements. Monoatomic elements. Yes. yes. Okay. I've been on it now for about a year. Um, if you want to raise your consciousness and do it seriously and you have the money to afford it, I highly recommend it. Um, I've been on it and it's helped with my emotional healing too. So. Yes, uh, for, for listeners that aren't aware of this, it's uh, monoatomic elements, often gold and other trace minerals uh, that are or orbitally rearranged to make them into monoatomics. Um, monoatomic gold may be one thing that people are somewhat familiar with. Uh, and you take small amounts of this uh, powdered form of monoatomic elements, and uh, allegedly there is a benefit to uh, the balance of the brain, uh, the creative uh, capabilities, and again, uh, emotional healing as well. It's, it's been shown to affect. So uh, I do uh, engage also in taking uh, monoatomic gold. Um, I usually, uh, I think it's a product called Ethereum Gold, and uh, I found that it... Um, Kind of helps with sleep uh, as well. It uh, the sleep cycle. Mark, Mark, yeah. Mark. It helps with with everything. I mean, and the reason I know that it was working right away, like it took it's, it's taken about a good eight months to kick in like full. Mm -hmm. But uh, 
the first thing it did to me, believe it or not, I had an old, like I used to play sports and I had a bad ankle injury that would, wouldn't heal. My, my, my ankle uh, was screwed for, for a couple of years. And then all of a sudden everything came back to my ankle. So I knew something was up. This stuff actually does repair things in your body too. And, um, but like I said, now I, I have no more self-loathing. I had that all my life, okay? Um, and my emotions are so much better. And, and, and you become so positive that guess what? You're attracting all the positive people. That's right. The positive energy. And those are the people you can engage. As, as your consciousness up. rises, you're going to notice that you're going to be around whole new groupings of people that are going to help that process accelerate even more and even faster. Yeah, exactly. I'm attracting like people that that I would never have attracted before. And you know what? There's no negative people coming towards me either. It, it's really, it's really, I don't know. It's, it's beautiful, you know, a little bit bizarre, but it's beautiful. So um, it's, it's really proof I, that the more we are in tune with higher consciousness and natural law, that's, that is proof of the law of attraction that that is what is ultimately governing the quality of our experience in life. So, yeah, so, so you know, more in harmony with that, the quality of your life is going to get better. I guess as a final note, I just like to say to people out there, don't be discouraged. I mean, it, you can get down, you can, you can bang your head, and, and I've done it myself uh, plenty of times. But uh, when you do start to engage people and you get the good feedback, then that's where the satisfaction comes from. Yeah, you know, I fall into those states myself a lot of times, um, although my, you know, best efforts to uh, attempt not to, it still happens. And all I can say is you have to really shift your, your focus to, uh, you know, not so much uh, dependency or, or um, you know, uh, total hinging everything on just the outcome, but realizing it's about the work itself. It's about doing the right thing for the sake of the right thing, not necessarily whether it's going to definitively have uh, an overall impact on the masses. Uh, again, I have told people what I do isn't even geared toward the masses. I'm looking to try to build up the other teachers that are latent, that are out there, but are not you know, have reached the full expression to a point where they want to come out and really start speaking this out in the open. I'm, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in that category. Uh, exactly. And like I said, it took my own process took like about five years, but, right. but to where I am now, it's like, it's like, like I said, it's like I'm on a friggin' rocket ship. Well, that's so. absolutely fantastic. And I want to congratulate you for doing that work upon yourself to get yourself to the place that you're at now. Thank you so much. And, and the other thing is, I'd like to say, do look, um, look to the natives. You know, they're, they're, they have some uh, wonderful knowledge. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Thank you so much for the call. Great talking to you. You too. Joe. Okay, great caller. Oh, what he was saying is so true and appropriate, and uh, it's great to hear uh, someone who has made that transformational change from someone who had undergone a lot of heavy programming. I mean, heavy religious programming, heavy military programming, and still came out of it and healed his worldview and is on that rocket ship ride, that you know, uh, ascending rocket ride to higher consciousness. You know, in his own words, and it's so true. It's it's a stepwise progression, but one. Once you make it, once you set foot on that path, you know, they say the journey of a thousand miles begins with the first step. 
once you set foot on that path, there's really no turning back. You know, once the process of the breaking down of the big lie begins, it's just, in an, it's inevitable. It's a matter of time before it all crumbles away. Um, once you're on that path of truth as well, you'll notice that synchronicity will develop in your life. Things that didn't happen or that were cumbersome and, you know, took so long to happen before will happen faster at a more accelerated rate. Uh, the pace of awakening and the discovery of truth will also accelerate almost to a point where you'll wonder, how can I take it all in? You know, how can this is coming at me so fast? How can I even take it all in? And that's why you just need to maintain that openness and that receptivity and make, just make a decision within your mind that you're not going to stop, that you're going to go forward and go all the way to the end of the journey. Um, and like, you know, there is really no end, you know, but you're going to go all the way in this world to where it takes you to the, the inevitable end that it takes you to, which is really getting out of all of the fundamentally flawed axioms and worldview poisoning that you once held attachment to in your life. Once that all breaks down, you can see the truth as it actually is. And then once you, you know, develop some, uh, you know, uh, tr true, deep, self-respect and true um, uh, deep confidence in yourself, which is really what we're talking about here is courage, uh, then you're going to put yourself out there for other people to so that they can learn from what you have already had the benefit of learning and experiencing. And then you're going to help them make that same journey. That's what this is all ultimately about. And again, that's what, what I've said repeatedly. That's why I do this show. I don't do it to try to reach the walking dead. <laughs> Um, you know, as the, the saying goes, the, the, the zombies that are part of the zombie apocalypse. Um, and there, those people are out there. I mean, you know, as harsh and, you know, unfriendly as that can sound saying it, uh, all you need to do is just look at people's actions on a weekend like this, you know, where the holiday shopping season is in full effect and all these deals are being made by these merchants and, you know, people are just, you know, treating each other like, animals acting like animals over physical goods that you don't even really need you know consumer electronics and smartphones and you know uh games and dvds and it's just it's so ridiculous that we've come into this level of identification with material consumerism that people are willing to maim and even kill trample people to to get a thing to get hold of a thing for cheaper than they ordinarily would. You know, it, it just is, it's, a, it's an indictment against the human species in a lot of ways. But, you know, while there are many people who act that way, there are many people who are on the higher path, such as the gentleman who just called. So um, I just want to briefly touch on that before we go to the next caller. I mean, we saw people on the street yesterday. I mean, my heart just goes out to some of them because they have been degraded to a point of it's it's almost can you call this being a human being? Can you call them truly human? I don't even know what to call them. They have been turned into some form of creature that is somehow less than human. They've been turned into like a golem, literally. Um it's like there's no responsiveness in some of their eyes at all. It's like they're just look staring off into the distance, like they're looking through you, like they're not even there. There's hardly any personal engagement at all. You could tell they have their mind 
a, a mile into the future. They're not present in the moment at all of what's going on around them. You can tell they're focused only on themselves. Obsessive self-focus. Obsession with the self. And I'm not talking about the higher self. I mean the lower case, ego-identified, five-sense, physical world is all there is uh, notion of self. And it's so sad to see because um, these people are just being, they're being soft-killed. They're being murdered and don't even understand that they're being murdered. They don't understand that there's a war on them. They don't understand that their food is poisoned. They don't understand that all the media they have access to in their life is completely untrue and just, you know, laden with poison uh, that, that can only do harm to them if they take it into their mind. Uh, they don't understand that they're being, you know, hit with radionics and, you know, uh, chemical spray and every other form of uh, poison against the, the, the mind, the body, the consciousness that these sick, twisted psychopaths can throw at them. They don't understand that any of that's taking place. They're at war, and they're casualties of war and don't even understand that they are. And, uh, you know, we need to try to figure out some methodology of snapping these people out of this state because there is way buried down, down deep, buried deep within them a spark that possibly, if ignited, could heal them. And again, you can even hear the hesitation or doubt in my voice when I say that because, you know, some of the people we came across yesterday, you could not even imagine. And it's like, you know, they're all out there too, uh, feeding into this whole, uh, you know, feeding frenzy of go out and consume, go buy, the prices are the lowest they're going to be, you know. And, you know, even handing people a flyer on the march yesterday was even difficult because so many people had bags in their hand, in both hands, you know, couldn't, couldn't carry anything else. And those are the people who are like the least receptive, the, the people who are the most crazed with all of the, you know, physical goods and all the consumer items were like totally wrapped up in their own stuff and didn't have a moment, didn't, didn't have a second to even divert the attention to a flyer for five seconds, you know, and say, oh, let me just take it and I'll read it later. Not even that. Can't be bothered. So it was a big dichotomy from the last March, which I saw a lot of receptivity. So it's very possible that changes during the course of the year, depending on what season it is, depending on what kind of energy is out there, maybe even depending on what the weather is like. You know, we had really cold, dreary, uh, cloudy weather yesterday. It was the coldest day in a while. Um, and I think that affects the energy system of the mind and body of people, unless they're at a high lo enough level of consciousness to kind of counteract that and, you know, sustain themselves through that low energy point. But most people who aren't at that level of consciousness, they, you know, take the brunt of that energy hit. Um, they're, they're allowing themselves really to be victimized by these ebbs and flows in, in, the quality of time that many different researchers have talked about, you know, over time. And they really don't have the, the consciousness energy, the muscle, if you will, to really offer any resistance to that. You know, it's like a weight that's upon them and they don't have the strength to lift it. And you just saw that yesterday on the march, at least I did. I don't know of anybody else that was involved in the, uh, and the Fed rally in March here in Philadelphia or in any other cities saw that same 
level of um, just uh, energy depletion and overall lethargicness in the public, um, we, again, have to renew our efforts to somehow combat this and get these people to engage because they are under attack. This is a war that we're waging. It's a war in consciousness, you know, and it's a war against the people of the earth. And we need these people involved in the battle. This is a spiritual battle that's being waged, whether anybody wants to admit that or not or understands it or not. That's what it is. And we need these people to engage on that battlefield of life. So uh, if anybody wants to offer some suggestions or talk about the dynamic that they see playing out in their area, especially if they're an activist, I would definitely like to hear from you. Once again, the toll-free number to join us to talk about solutions is 866-841-1065. I briefly talked a little bit about the dynamic I saw on the march uh, to hand out uh, information about the Federal Reserve System yesterday. Uh, and I have another little anecdote uh, when we have another uh, law in callers, but we have another caller on the line, so let's go to the phones again. David in Idaho, you are live on What on Earth is Happening. Welcome, David. Hey, Mark. This is David, and thanks for having your show. And I just had a question in reference to an older show. Sure. Um, you were talking about the pentagram and how it increased in um, its ability to influence the user if he stood in the middle and then it was open, um, had an open side. And I just wondered how that related to the Pentagon on 9-11 and opening yes. the side of that. Yes, we, we did briefly bring that up. And uh, again, this isn't uh, necessarily my belief. It is simply something that I was covering about what the beliefs of occultists happen to be and how they view the pentagram uh, as a symbol and its capabilities and what it what they use it for. So, uh, you know, I, I don't want people to say that's my belief system. It is something I'm making people aware of that is a belief system that is out there and is deeply held by people who are into the occult, especially the dark aspects of the occult, to, to summon beings and use them for their purposes, for their egoic, selfish purposes. Um, they feel that that can be done. That is part of their belief system. Whether it can or cannot is up to each individual to decide for themselves. But um, uh, we talked about this as being part of a summoning, to summon an energy from a higher dimensional space. And that is very, very possible indeed why the entire uh, events of 9-11 played out the way they did with one aspect of the pentagram, uh, uh, the pentagon, which is the uh, hub, the central hub of a pentagram being broken. We talked about the broken pentagram in that symbolism be, as being in the occult world, especially the world of ritualistic magic, as being um, a symbol for a pact with an, an, an extra-dimensional entity or a demon, if you will. Okay, so uh, the broken pentagram is often called the sign of the cloven hoof or the pentagram of pacts. And uh, I do believe this was the symbolism that was invoked on 9-11. It is part of the entire ritual that 9-11 was. And that breaking of that one side of the pentagon as being an aspect of the pentagram is definitely an aspect of invocation uh, to what entity, to what form of energy that's you know anyone's call but i would suggest what they're really invoking is the force of fear itself and if you want to call that satan 
you know, I've, you know, explained to people that Satan is derived from the Hebrew term Shatan, which simply means the adversary or the opposer. And our adversary and opposer at, at, the, at the ultimate level is fear itself, because this ritual was an injection, a, a mass injection of fear, an invocation of fear, summoning it, and then injecting it into the mass consciousness of people so that they can be more easily controlled and are more um, apt to give up their inherent freedoms for so-called protection. Um, so that's my take on what that was about. And uh, I, I think, you know, I, I also covered that in the section that we did on um, symbolism uh, when I talked about the uh, pentagram of pacts. I'm not sure off the top of my head what podcast number that was, but you can go back and pull it up in the archive on the podcast page of the uh, website. Well, I've been missing much of this information that you've been giving out, and it's just a pleasure to glean from your knowledge and glean just a little bit here and there. And I mean, you reference a book, if I can go find it and read into it, and then um, I'm able to share with people around me, and then it just grows, and um, the solutions that you've put forth on curing this ill that we're in and the carnism, oh, the carnism has affected me more than... And you know, it, it, I reflect on it um, each time I I eat meat, <laughs> and and I think I've decreased my meat by 75%, and um, so I don't have very much further to go. I wasn't eating that much before, and it's just kind of a goal that I have um, in my mind of obtaining that peace within um, and having no fear, and I appreciate your show, Mark. Thank you so much. I appreciate you, sir. Thanks for the call. All right. Great callers, as always, to the show. Your calls for the rest of the show coming up on this edition of What on Earth is Happening. The call-in number to join us, toll-free, 866-841-1065. I want to hear from people specifically to talk about what they're doing to try to wake people up, what they're doing to um, help to affect change at a grassroots level. I want to talk about the dynamic that people see playing out in the world. Where do you see it at? What do you see our chances as being to turn this thing around in this late hour? Um, 866-841-1065. Yeah, um, the last caller brought up some great points. Uh, it is all about just continuing to go down that path, and it becomes easier as it goes uh, personally. Uh, of course, the work that we have to do on a world scale does not really become too much easier. Maybe at one point that will accelerate and become a lot easier too once we uh, increase the numbers of people who are actively doing such work. But on a personal level, the awakening process, you know, it begins like anything else. You need to exert a lot of effort and momentum at the beginning to get it rolling, but then that momentum takes over and it becomes easier to engage that effort and sustain it over a longer period of time. So, um, yeah, when you're engaged in something like changing dietary habits, at first it can become difficult. You're attached to the way that you used to eat, the way, you know, might have made you feel in the past, the, it, um, the flavor and taste profiles, the shopping habits, all of it, you know, they become habituated and ingrained. And therefore, there's momentum built up to those. And stopping something that momentum is already built up to for 
can be difficult, you know, because you have to exert a lot of force to break that momentum. It's like a train that's already been moving uh, at a high speed. You have to exert a lot of force to um, slow that thing down. Uh, less force than you would to keep it simply moving at that pace. So again, momentum is a key thing to keep in mind here. The acceleration of any given process, whether it be toward the negative or toward the positive, toward the awakening process. Again, they have a lot of momentum behind their efforts to shut people down. And that's why if none of this information reaches many people's eyes and ears, and they don't take it into themselves, they're not receptive to it, they're going to be shut down at a faster and faster pace because that momentum that is working toward the dominator side, toward the mind controller side, uh, they have a lot of momentum built up behind that. And it's going to be easier for them to sustain that process or even accelerate it. That's why it's so critical now at this time, at this juncture in history, for people to really fully awaken themselves and get involved in the process of helping to awaken others. It isn't just about listening to the sound of people's voice. It isn't just about hearing what I have to say. It isn't about just listening to other radio show hosts or watching videos. You need to take it in, but then you need to put it back out there. You know, I was doing the same thing at one point that a lot of people are on the edge of saying, well, uh, should I step forward and make myself you know, publicly known and start doing this or that and reaching out to people? And you know, they have all these doubts in their minds. Well, what if I'm not accepted? What if people don't want to hear what I have to say? What if they don't believe me? What if I'm not an effective communicator, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And there's a million different excuses that the ego is going to come up with for why you should stay silent and why you shouldn't get involved in the battle why you shouldn't take your knowledge to a higher level by putting it into practice on this field of battle, okay? The ego will try to come up with a million different reasons for not doing so, and I was there at one point myself. And I told this anecdote before, and I'll briefly tell it again. Uh, we went, Bob and I went to a meeting in um, Virginia, uh, the state named after the virgin, the goddess, okay? And a woman there said, you have all this knowledge, what are you doing with it? And I said, well, not really much, just kind of, you know, still building on it. And she said, what makes you think you're allowed to Rising do that? Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening here on the Oracle Broadcasting Radio Network. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website, whatonearthishappening.com. We're live into the second hour of the show. I apologize for completely missing the station break as it was coming in. It was very low in my headphones, and uh, I talked right over it. Um, so I want to go back and uh, reiterate this, the anecdote that I was telling about how I waited a very long time to uh, really get involved in opening my mouth, even with all the knowledge that I had and the personal things that I had been through in life. And uh, I kind of still kick myself or beat myself up about that from time to time because I feel like I waited too long uh, and I should have gotten involved in doing it a lot earlier. But um, how it really manifested or how it, uh, I realized that I couldn't stay silent any longer is uh, Barb and I went to a lecture in Virginia and 
during the lecture, um, a woman who was attending, I got in a conversation with her, her name was Pat, and you know, I started basic, we started talking about a lot of different things and some other people were, you know, in and out of the conversation as well. And during the, the course of this conversation, this woman, Pat, kind of just said to me, you're knowledgeable about so much. I can tell you've done so much study and had a lot of personal experience. What are you doing with what you know? And I said, well, not much, not really anything really, because I'm just continuing to take in more, I'm amassing information, I'm, you know, uh, reading, listening, watching, and that's basically it. And her answer, like, made me take a step back and, you know, do a double take, because she said, what makes you think you're allowed to do that? You know, and it was like kind of a kick or a punch you know, that hit me. And I really thought about it in the days and couple of weeks following that and had to say, yeah, what does make me think I can just sit on all of this info and not do anything with it? Uh, because having this knowledge inherently implies a responsibility to do something good with it, to put it out there for others so that they may benefit from it. And that's what really... Uh, kick-started me, uh, gave me that kick in the rear end, you could say, to start doing what I'm doing now, to make a presentation, to, you know, uh, eventually do a radio show and put all of this information out there for other people to take in so that they can uh, really accelerate their own personal growth and their, uh, their journey in consciousness and their discovery of self. So, that's some, you know, uh, an anecdote I wanted to reiterate again, just to tell people, even I started with that same attitude that I'm just going to hang back and watch and wait and listen and learn more and more and more. You can't stay in that position forever. You know, that, that's, that's hurting the overall dynamic. What you know well, you've got to come forward and start bringing forward to others. Even if you don't have the whole entire picture, no one has the entirety of all of it, of all the pieces. That would mean that there would be nothing left for anyone to learn, for that person to learn. No one has that. Everyone is still learning. You know, all of the good teachers of this world included. So um, it isn't about having to vet every single detail of every single piece of information that you've ever heard. It's about having a good enough piece of the picture that you can see it clearly enough where you can communicate that to someone else to help them heal. That's all it's about. And that is a act of courage, ultimately. It's an act of care, of course. That goes without saying. You have to care enough to want to get involved. But ultimately, it's an act of courage to step out of the shadows, to step out of, you know, anonymity and start doing something out in the open with other people. So that's what's ultimately required is courage and willpower. And again, no one is perfect. No one needs to be perfect to do this work. You simply have to have the care, the knowledge, the care and the will to make the effort. And again, as I've said many times, over the last several weeks, many hands makes light work. The more people that get involved in this effort, the more 
the awakening process for others is going to accelerate. And we can make that happen faster and faster if more people will get involved in bringing this information to people. We have to raise our voice as a chorus. No one can do it alone, no matter how popular they are individually. It has to be a, a, ultimately a group effort. All right, we have some more callers on the line, so let's go to the calls. All right, let's go back to Ivan in Phoenix and see if he's been able to clear up the uh, noise issues on his line. Ivan, are you with us? Yeah, I'm here, Mark. Ivan, much better. We can hear you well now. Okay, well, I'm in the break room, so I'm away from the machine. So Great. What do you have for us today? Uh, I got quite a bit. Hopefully I can get it all in here now. Sure. Um, first of all, to help the listeners uh, understand what I'm refer referencing, if I can just give out my website again that I gave you a few shows back, uh, freeyourmindaz.com. So that's freeyourmindaz.com, the abbreviation of Arizona. And on that website, I posted um, uh, audio uh, reading of a book that I got from John Irving's Gnostic Media website called No Treason, right. the, Con the Constitution, something about the Constitution by Lassander Spooner. I don't know if you're familiar with that, from like 1860-something. He kind of breaks down the Constitution, how... It really kind of doesn't apply to us because <laughs> like every other contract, everything that everyone signs today is a contract, but right. yet none of us alive today sure. signs the Constitution. The Constitution is but simply a set of restraints on government uh, employees. That's all it really is. People think right, right, right. are right somehow. All it is is a set of, it's a set of what people in government are being uh, um, given the ability to do by the citizenry, granted the, the right to do by the citizenry, and what they may never do, a list of restraints on what they may never do, quite simply. Uh, my problem with it is that it tries to grant or delegate rights that don't exist. That's why I'm not what you would call a constitutionalist, but um, I, I understand the general um, uh, intent that was put forward for a limited state of government that, that, that was birthed by the Constitution. But I happen to think uh, no matter how small government you start out with, it always grows into tyranny because government itself is a fundamentally flawed axiom, all forms of government, except internal right, government right. by the individual. You know, control over one's own mind by the individual is true government. It's internal government, sovereignty. And that form of government, I think, is real, and uh, we do need to enact within ourselves, but no one can do that from an external place, which is why I say I only accept two forms of government, monarchy and anarchy. Monarchy being the state of internal rulership by the one, by the self. So I own myself, I am a kingdom of one, and I am the monarch of that kingdom. And my rulership extends only to the kingdom of one. I rule over no one else. And I understand that every other being in this world is also a sovereign being, and they rule themselves. And therefore, I don't intrude upon uh, their inherent sovereignty, and they should not intrude upon my inherent sovereignty. That's what a monarchy, a true monarchy is, not an external monarchy. That's an internal monarchy. And I believe in external anarchy, which simply means the absence of masters. That's all anarchy means. Uh, 
right now what we have is the opposite. We have internal anarchy within people, which means they have not mastered themselves, and therefore we have external monarchy, this uh, globalist, uh, you know, elitist hegemony called the New World Order, if you want to call it that, you know, the, the global elite, quote-unquote, you know, the psychopathic uh, masters of the world, the money masters, etc., the occult overlords, you know, the, the dark occultists who ultimately are in charge of the earth uh, in a de facto sense because people do their bidding because they think they're doing something good when in fact they're serving these evil psychopaths. Um, uh, that is the form of external monarchy that is really reigning over us right now as a people. We need to flip that all around so that we have internal monarchy and external anarchy. Right, and there are two phrases or two words that um, using your, um, what is it, um, green language that I mentioned to you before, free dominion and wise right. dominion, freedom and right. wisdom. So that's, I guess, the same as anarchy and monarchy. Exactly. And there was another thing um, also on the website. You were talking about being out and about this weekend and how the zombies, or excuse me, the public, <laughs> within a days with their shopping, also uh, I, on the it, website. It, it, I, I wish I would have really taken some video footage. I didn't because I was busy handing out flyers and engaging, pe trying to engage people in conversation. But uh, you should have just saw it. It, it, it is sad to witness. Uh, and I, I really don't know what we can do to turn it around at this late stage, but if you have any suggestions, go right ahead. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I, I know what you're talking about. I've seen it in the past. Those hordes of people at midnight waiting to get in to buy the $20 uh, DVD players. Yeah, I've seen, I've seen those lists before. But uh, on, on the website, I posted an article that came out in 2009 that I uh, was forwarded through Facebook by Peter Joseph, and it's called The Gospel of Consumption. And that is a very good, uh, detailed article um, breaking down how in the early 1900s the work week was only 30 hours, right. 6 hours a, a day, how uh, a little bit of money that the population earned, they were able to make it, you know, um, last for the little food they needed, the clothing they needed, and, the, you know, shelter. And then gradually with the, uh, you know, growing of uh, the industrial, you know, society, more cars, more productivity, so everything started changing, and the powers that should not be gradually started changing society's perception that, oh, we need more money right. so we can buy more stuff, exactly. and that's where we're at now, that everybody thinks, oh, I need the new iPhone, I need the 50-inch TV, I need the, this year's new model car, and so that article breaks down very detailed and very succinctly um, how we got to where we're at now, and, and it's very, very good uh, article. I recommend people checking that out on the website. Excellent. And um, Ivan, uh, your, your site, I've checked it out. Really good job on everything that you put up there. This is a great example of someone who's getting involved and uh, you know putting information out there for other people. It's, it isn't as difficult to do as people might think, and the more voices that join, the stronger that chorus is going to be and the more effect it is ultimately going to have. So, Ivan, great job on your site, as always. Uh, give, the, give the address once again for people. Uh, it's www.freeyourmindad.com. Freeyourmindad.com, as in Free Your Mind Arizona. Yeah, we should have Correct. 
clear yeah. your mind every state. You know, everybody should. Come uh, I was thinking about that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, post their efforts and you know information and form a meetup, et cetera, and just do it nationwide and don't wait for orders from headquarters. Just get out and do it. That's it. There is no leader. Exactly. It's a centralized effort. You took the initiative to do that, you know, on your own and just go, go ahead and do it. That's all it's about. And that's the kind of effort of uh, the spirit of, uh, of true will and true courage that we're talking about here. Right. I have one more thing. And this uh, stems from last week's show that you had, uh, uh, Leonard Hammer on, and I called in and brought up something about an event in Phoenix. Yes. Um, this, this gets a little touchy because some people, I understand Lennon's uh, point of view about fear and that time will tell, of but I'm also applying what I've learned from you sure. uh, about the symbolism, and I picked this up listening to Michael Tessarian's you know, synchronicity again. I listened to some of this stuff with me. Before you get into this, my, my take on the whole thing with false flags is very clear. It isn't about giving into fear. It's about understanding what the possibilities are based on patterns that we witness. And I think if we're right. confident enough about that, we can change the outcome. So, um, you know, just exactly. the possibility of something doesn't necessarily mean we're giving into fear about it or empowering it. It's talking about potentials, possibilities, and it's, I think, creating awareness of how these people think in their patterns of, of thought and behavior so that we can become more conscious of you know, how they operate and work to avoid these scenarios. So with that being said, go, go ahead and offer this scenario. Exactly, exactly. Well, a couple of weeks ago, listening to a few other shows, um, the author of this book, his name is uh, Kent Bain, and the book is called It's the Most Dangerous Book in the World, 9-11 as Mass Ritual. Yes. He's been on a local show here called Maria Heller Show. He was on Red Ice, and he was on um, Vinnie Eastwood. So I downloaded the book, and I'm about halfway through. But even before... Ivan, did we lose you? I'm here. There you go. Uh, you can here. a moment. Yep. You can continue. Okay. Uh, maybe I'm about to say something uh, some people <laughs> don't want me to say, and they're trying to cut me out. Huh? <laughs> anyway. Okay, so basically, um, I started applying what I picked up from your show about um, pattern recognition and symbol literacy. So I broke down Phoenix, Arizona, and Phoenix is seven letters, Arizona is seven letters. There's your seven sevens. And then for the Christmas holiday, we have December 21st, 2012, and we see how in the you know 40s and 50s, they really narrowed down this date to get pinpoint December 21st of 2012. When you take the December... Uh, one and two, that's three. The 21st, two and one, that's three. And the year 12, that's another three. So we got threes there. Add them up, you got the nine. So I just playing around with these numbers. I was like, holy cow. While everyone's out there thinking about the mind and the end of the world or celebrating a new consciousness or celebrating alien visitation, whatever December 21st represents for them, these dark occultists will use all that energy and possibly do something somewhere and, you know, use all this energy and focus it in their negative direction. That, that's what I came on on my own, not to mention, you know, uh, 
from all the other conspiracy, quote-unquote, right. uh, websites and mutuals talking about, you know, um, Homeland Security purchasing 700-some-odd million rounds, uh, Social Security getting 400-something uh, million rounds, right. FEMA planning for mass funerals, and so all these little pattern recognitions led me to think, huh, maybe something can be in the works. Not not under fear, but more of a awareness, and maybe this needs to be put out there so that the consciousness, we can do a, um, uh, what is it, apothesis and use a no to bring upon a uh, positive that no, this that's is not right. going to happen. We will not let you do this. You that's know? right. And see, that's they want people focused on a particular thing that they can then, uh, I guess you could say, direct that type of energy, that attention. That's why they want people focused on the you know, all the possibility of uh, the, uh, a negative outcome or a negative uh, a cataclysm, a cataclysmic event or a destructive event of some kind. Um, that, that's what they're counting on. They're trying to inject that into the public consciousness. I never looked at 2012 as anything that was cataclysmic or destructive. I always looked at it, as I said, really when we started the, the year here on this program, um, and talked a little bit briefly about the the quote-unquote prophesied year of 2012, that it was about a window of opportunity that we're already in. We've been in it for many years, and we'll probably continue to be in it for many years after 2012. But it's this window of opportunity in time by which all of the circumstances and the, the uh, needed things that we have in our life, like the Internet, like all these different forms of... Uh, uh, electronic devices that we can use to better our minds and to take in all of this information that is around us now, uh, this would be an opportunity for us to amass all of this information, the knowledge of truth that is, has always been all around us, but now uh, we can aggregate it in a way unlike we've ever been able to do before in human history and concentrate it and focus it and send it. Okay, We're able to send directed information at, in, in a more targeted and focused way to receive it and to send it in a more targeted and focused way than we ever have before as human beings. That is a unique golden opportunity to reach people and help them to awaken. First of all, it's a golden opportunity to awaken ourselves and come out of the mass mind control techniques that are used against us on a daily basis. But then it's an incredible opportunity to help to awaken other people. So if we, this window of opportunity is all about what are we going to do with uh, all of these capabilities at our disposal? Are we going to use them wisely? Are we going to put our full care, our effort, our willpower behind it in an act of courage and in an act of love and transform consciousness with all of these tools at our disposal? Or are we going to squander that opportunity? And at some point, I believe the universe would arrange a very negative scenario or outcome for humanity if it decides, even with all of this opportunity around us, we're, not, we're going to do nothing or we're going to lay down and take what, you know, whatever default condition is handed to us or we're just not going to do anything with all of this information. We're going to ignore it. We're going to ignore it. If that's the case, we're in for a really rough time on the other side of this window of opportunity. But if we take this window of opportunity and we leap through it, you know, uh, full at full steam ahead, um, 
on the other side, we can see a world, again, that, like I said, that we could barely even envision at this point. It is so trans transformed. It has been transformed into so something that is so empowering and so uh, amazing that we can even barely envision something like that from our current uh, you know, uh, condition, our current place uh, in consciousness and, and the current conditions that are around us in the world. That's what I see 2012 as. Again, that window of opportunity. So um, I think the whole fear-mongering type thing, the whole um, injection of fear and the, all, uh, the uh, putting forward of all these, you know, horrible, dastardly scenarios of, you know, destruction and cataclysm and, you know, pole shift, etc. You can go on and on and on, all these different scenarios, Planet X, that people talk about having and, and are associating with 2012. That's all planned by the dark aspects, the dark elements involved in this in this chess game, in this battle. Okay, that's planned by them to try to instill fear in everybody. If they can get everybody on that page of fear, they only need to maybe press a button, you know, just do some small act around that time, and it would set off that fear bomb, you know, so to speak, uh, you know, allegorically or, you know, as an analogy, uh, that they have rigged, that they have already pre-programmed. And that's what I feel that all of the negative uh, and cataclysmic stuff for the 2012 time period is all about. It's all they're doing, uh, uh, again, to try to plan for a false flag event of some kind. We need to say we're not going to fall into that level of fear. We're going to understand this is an opportunity to do the work that we need to do here, to change consciousness for the better. And we're going to do that and not have any fear about what these possible potential outcomes might be. We're going to do the work that we know we need to do here and get involved and step out on the, the real spiritual battlefield that I think all of this other stuff about 2012 is simply a distraction for to take people off the path. So they're out of the game. They're, they're, they're sitting on the sidelines, just watching it. This isn't a movie, ladies and gentlemen, it's not there to be watched. Life is there to be engaged in, not to be watched from the sidelines. So take an example from Ivan and Phoenix, get out there and start doing something with the information that's out there. Don't just say, oh, I know it, and that's it. That's the end. No, that's the beginning. You need to take this information and bring it to p other people who need to see and hear it. So, so I have great, great, great points on, uh, on the, whole, the whole concept of uh, this 2012 prophesied time period and uh, for bringing up that, you know, uh, uh, the, those numerological significances. But do you have anything else for us today? No, that that should be about it for today. I gotta start getting back to the noisy area, so I'll just Great. continue to listen to your show here through the phone and uh, talk to you next time, Mark. Much uh, great work with your site, my friend. All right, thank you. Take care. Take care. Bye, Mark. All right, great. Always great to hear from Ivan in Phoenix. All right, let's see. Let's go to another caller. Here we go. Richard in Washington, you're live on What on Earth is Happening. Welcome. Yeah, great show. I was going to just present a, a cyclical perspective and, and have you consider this. Sure. Uh, in the 20th century, uh, 
every 20 years there's a cycle uh, that's directed toward the youth. Uh, in the Tens, it was Upton Sinclair with the jungle and Frank Norris with the pit, which is the today's version of the Earthlings. Uh, in the 30s, we had the Victorians with uh, George Bernard Shaw and Eleanor Roosevelt. The 50s, the Beat Generation, Allen Ginsberg. 60s, my generation, or 70s, my generation, the hippies. 90s, uh, the Save the Planet, PETA, Al Gore, John Robbins, Francis Lop, we got to save the small planet, etc. And then today we have, and I'm including you in here uh, as a, a bastion of this, uh, we have the same uh, cycle coming around, and now we have John McDougall uh, talking about the all-starch diet. And why I'm bringing this up is the body is also cyclical. We, we start out being anabolic and in a growth stage up until about the 30s or 40s, and we start hitting the catabolic downhill slant. Uh, so in that cycle of things, uh, we start uh, dealing with issues we didn't deal with uh, that we were when we were in the anabolic stage. And why I, I kind of harp on this a little bit, and, and you know, I know you you have, have caught my my uh, what harping, uh, is the fact that when you're in a vegetarian perspective, when you're young, when you can run on sugar, you're actually setting yourself up for a earlier uh, problem when you get into the catabolic state because you can't run on the sugar in that state. You hit what I call hitting the wall. And my last 10 years of, of my uh, kind of uh, productive life was dealing with people much like, uh, and you read the book, uh, Lydia Keith, people that got older were following the cyclical perspective and all of a sudden they hit the wall and and that's all i try to bring out is the fact that you know everything is is variable depending on which stage of the cycle you're in and and what you can do in your youth sometimes uh, doesn't even seem possible or likely uh, when you hit the older cycle and in conjunction with what we talked about when i called your show last uh, the spiral upward, uh, either yin or yang, is always balanced by the spiral downward, the yin or the yang. Uh, so it ends up to be a totally cyclical uh, perspective. And and uh, that's something that I just wanted to pers- uh, bring sure. out to people to think about. Okay, great. Thanks, Richard. Um, uh, my response to that is, this is true. There are cyclical progressions. And what I would say, and how I would... Uh, slightly uh, add to this or or, uh, offer a a slightly varied viewpoint regarding this is that it's not a cycle in the sense of a circle. It's a tendency toward a certain outcome or an ebb and flow. Okay, so there's a current that is somewhat pushing things in a particular or specific direction. What I would say is that that is not an assured outcome. It is not a cycle in a sense that it always goes in a circle. I said last week with Lenin that it is a spiral progression, and there's always an upward movement, and of course there can be a downward spiral movement as well. It's not to say that it's always going up, but if we're alert uh, to the changes, if we're alert to these tendencies of progression, and um, the ebbs and flows that come forward in time, okay, that we can use that knowledge, we can use that consciousness to even transcend some of these tendencies of, of flow. This is what is called in uh, the ancient uh, mystery teachings, the mystery school teachings, as the laws or the, the principle of rhythm. The principle of rhythm. It's based in the principle of polarity, that things 
have a tendency to sway from one polarity to another. Okay, there is an ebb and a flow. All right, there is a tendency toward uh, a particular outcome, but that outcome will only sweep you up in it if the consciousness is low. If the consciousness is high, you can transcend that tendency. This is what's called raising yourself above the law, lowercase l. You are raising yourself above what is generally seen as being something that is inescapable, as a law, or, but it's not a law, capital L, law, which is truly an unbreakable, inherent uh, uh, condition in the universe that is what I call natural law. You will not rise up above natural law by raising consciousness. Raising consciousness will get you to a deep understanding of natural law and keep you there. But raising consciousness through availability of information, opening oneself up to possibilities, opening oneself up to truth, is going to help raise consciousness your consciousness up to a point where you can transcend this lowercase l law. And by that, I don't mean man's law either. I'm talking about things that people see as it's inevitably going to go that way. It has to go that way. You know, it's a cycle. It comes, it it's always happens this way. A good book to check out regarding this, that, and I don't agree with everything this gentleman says, but I think that he has a good point regarding the spiral and fractal flow of time is Greg Braden. I definitely recommend his book Fractal Time because in it he talks about these choice point moments and we're in one right now. This is a massive choice point. In the beginning of my show, in the very introduction, I say, uh, uh, you know, as humanity approaches its critical moment of choice. That's what this whole thing is about. We're in that window of choice, that window of opportunity right now, based on this seemingly cyclical, but actually fractal and spiral ebb and flow of tendencies. Okay, so there's a tendency that comes around every once in a while, every cyclically so often within time, but it's an opportunity for growth and development if we're receptive and are willing to get the message. So that's my response to that, where I don't see it as cyclical in this flat two-dimensional graph with a circle on it that you go up and then you go down and then you go back up and it just repeats over and over and over again. That is not how I see the progression of consciousness in the universe. I see it as something that is like a coil uh, of a spring that is cyclical and we can progress upward and as we go around and reach that same degree point, okay, which let's say it's at you know uh, 45 degrees on the on the spiral, there's going to be a tendency at that point, which is going to give us an opportunity to learn and grow. In which case, we can go up the spiral, and then maybe there'll be a tendency at that same point that deals with similar issues but at a higher level, and we can work there and go up higher. If we fail to do that, we're going to be sent back down and around that spiral until we, and maybe even have to face something that is even darker. And that, that's the time period that we're in right now. And perhaps we can jump levels in that, in that spiral without having to go through the entire cycle over again. You know, you go up to a higher step of the spiral. 
and because you got the lesson that that choice point presented and you don't need to go through the entire revolution again another turn you know within that that spiral that looks like a circle but really it either sends you up or it sends you down so that's my take on the sick the cycles again uh, is this something that exists? Yes. Teachers throughout history have been talking about cycles of time. Is it something that is simply flat, two-dimensional, cyclical, that it always just comes around and then repeats in a different form? No. It's a tendency, and consciousness will determine the outcome. Consciousness will have to do with the level of consciousness you're at will have to do with whether you learn and grow from that tendency being presented to you or whether you're taken down and ratcheted down a notch or given the hard lesson or the whipping, if you will. And unfortunately, I think humanity is kind of rejecting the lesson that we're all here to learn uh, at this choice point that we're at. And I think it's going to take the whipping personally. Um, again, I want to hear from people on that point. Do you agree? Do you disagree? Do you think we can turn it around and change it and have and be able to avert that negative outcome? I'm not so sure after seeing the kind of people that I saw on the street yesterday. And I want to um, so uh, moving on from uh, the the topic that Richard brought up on cycles, I want to uh, touch upon some a couple of other things regarding uh, things that I witnessed yesterday on the street during the street action with uh, the end the Fed rally. And it's, it's kind of telling where people are at because, uh, and this could even be seen as a controversial dynamic, and after this I'll get to some other callers, um, but all of the seemingly well-to-do individuals on the street, not super rich people by any stretch of the imagination, but you know, upper middle class seem to be the least receptive. You know, people who you know by the way they dress, the items that they may be carrying, etc., you know, are have money put away. They 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 have a they have a job obviously where they have a lot of savings. They have a, a a lifestyle that is very comfortable. They're not they're not needing for anything for certainly not for physical things or for money. They're certainly needy in the spirit, but that's another uh, issue. These people are are the most the least receptive to the message. They think they're okay because they have some money. They think that's the only determining factor for whether you're okay, quote unquote, in the world or not. And you'll hear this phrase. You'll hear the phrase, no, that's okay. I'm okay. No, I, I'm not interested in that. I'm okay. They'll actually say the phrase, I'm okay. And this is like an, an arct, almost an archetypal phrase that is coming out of their mouth, out of the, the subconscious, that the ego has them believing that they're okay. They don't even understand they're in a war. They don't even understand they're not okay. They're destroyed. They're actively being destroyed at all times and places. Their spirit is devastated. Their spirit is almost completely destroyed. And yet, they are using this phrase, I'm okay. I talked about this with some other people, including Barb, who has said, no, that's, that's what they all continue to say. Oh, I'm okay. You know, like, oh, I don't need to know anything you could possibly have to show me. There's no information you could possibly put in my hands that I need to know. Where I'm at, I have it all figured out. I know what the world is. I'm in a good place because I'm covered, 
as far as my physical need, needs go right in this particular moment, and I'm okay. And I think that is the most arrogant, ignorant, just diseased thing that could pour out of a person's mouth who is a complete know-nothing, a know-nothing. Again, these are the people who I say have negative knowledge. And believe me, if, if uh, for a couple of them that do give you the two seconds that they're willing to grant to have a very brief interchange or dialogue with, you know that they know nothing. You know, because they have no idea what the Federal Reserve is. They don't know what fractional reserve banking is. They have no idea about the, all of the machinations that went into creating this financial crisis that is plaguing this country and will continue to plague it. And they think because they're in a position right now where they have a little bit of cash that somehow they're quote-unquote okay. And all I have to say to these people, if in, this information probably won't reach their ears, but if it ever does... Trust me, you're not okay. You're in a very bad way. Whether you understand it or see it or not right now, you are most definitely not okay. And uh, again, the, the, the dynamic that you see always has to do with the people who seemingly are comfortable in the job or money-making role that they play in life. You know, they have a cush job and therefore... Nothing else is of any import whatsoever. Their information is meaningless. Knowledge is meaningless to these people. And one of the things you see when you engage them is a smirk on their face. There's this smug smirk as if to say, what could you possibly have to tell me? What could I possibly be able to gain from hearing one word that comes out of your mouth or one thing on a slip of paper that you have to hand to me. Possibly. This arrogance and smugness is ultimately what's going to be these people's downfall. They're not going to transcend the cycle. They're not going to transcend the law, capital, uh, I'm sorry, lowercase l, let alone upper, no one's going to, there is no such thing as transcending the uppercase l law. But this lower form of law, this ebb, this sick, seemingly cyclical flow that is an ebb and flow of, of tendencies throughout time, they're going to get crushed by that wave, crushed. And they've done no preparation mentally, psychologically, spiritually, definitely, obviously not physically, for the eventuality of this wave that's coming to run them over like a tsunami. And you could say, hey, that's really harsh talk. Yes, it is. Because I can't even imagine how someone this ignorant and poor in knowledge and poor in spirit can be so smug and you just see it over and over and over and over again. Like what, I don't even know what that is. What is this thing, this thing that calls itself a human being that you would like try to make a degradation of someone else's will and effort that you're not doing anything you're sitting on your ass watching television not getting involved in anything to make the world a better place totally self-absorbed totally in your own head and you would dare to scoff at the efforts of someone else to bring 
solid, reliable information to other people. Whether you agree with the cause or not, I wouldn't go and scoff at someone else's political cause. You know, I'm not scoffing at the people who go and march against cancer in these anti-cancer walks, these March for the Cure walks. Their intentions are good. They just don't understand that cures for cancer are already in existence. They've been with us for 100 years and are actively being suppressed. You know, that, that this, this whole medical paradigm, this model that we have of what real science and medicine is, is never going to give us a cure for cancer because it's only addressing symptoms and not underlying causes. And they're just misguided. They're well-intentioned, but misguided. But these people are a whole nother animal. And I use the word deliberately. They're a whole nother animal. They're not even a human being. They're, they're like an animal that is so obsessed with its own self and is so obsessed with only what it can get out of something. My own selfish interests, you know, my own little worldly desires that, that they actually have a smug laugh you know, this smug smile, you see it over and over and over again, and not just toward me, but just toward everyone who, who's on the march. You see someone, I'll watch someone try to put a flyer in someone else's hand, say, here you go, sir, here you go, ma'am, would you like some information on, you know, why we're marching and what the Federal Reserve is doing to the financial situation of the American people? And th they just not only won't take it, won't even bother to, to even engage you with speech, but they'll just have this smug smile like, Oh, God, you actually think that information is important? You actually believe that there's, some, there's something that, that you could give me that I don't know about how life works? And I just find it totally disgraceful. And in a lot of ways, it's like you almost are rooting for the negative outcomes so the people like that just get smacked by the Mack truck right in the face. You know, j just so they never even see the blindsiding coming and experience the deepest aspect of suffering that could possibly be experienced because th their whole world is going to be toppled on top of its head and they saw none of it coming. And they're going to be in total psychological, um, in a psychological sewer, worse than they are now because they thought that they were okay and insisted that they were okay. And, you know, I have to try to fight with myself, with the lower aspect of myself to say, no, we don't want to see that outcome. We want to continue to try to press forward and bring the effort forward to try to truly educate these people and get them out of their mind control stupor. But it, it's very difficult when you see people with that kind of an attitude, literally not only not wanting help, but scoffing at people who are trying to help them. It's amazing that people are that degraded. I mean, these are literally troll goblin creatures. They're not even, like I said, they have much, 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 much work to do to get back to being a base human being. Getting back to base consciousness. They're in total demonic consciousness. Demonic consciousness. They're in a place that's so low, it, there's nothing lower than it beyond death you know, beyond physical, not, you know, non-existence of, you know, the animated body to have an experience within consciousness, just go back to the void, you know, that's about the lowest layer of consciousness in the physical world that you can get, is to think you have it so figured out that no one could possibly put any information forward that you could gain or benefit from in your understanding, and that's the worst place you could possibly be at, and 
I saw the biggest number of those individuals yesterday because of the timing of this event right after Black Friday, the sales craze. And um, to continue this anecdote before we go back to the phones, I just want to um, say that there was one other encounter that I had. Well, two other, actually. In front of the Liberty Bell in Philadelphia, we handed out many flyers about the Federal Reserve. And there, more people were receptive. But even there, you had people with the same attitude. You're standing in line to see one of the symbols of the American revolutionary spirit. One of the symbols of the founding of this country, which attempted to enshrine sovereignty in the hearts and minds of the people. And combat and fight against tyranny and be on eternal vigilance against it. And you don't even have the dignity to say when an activist is coming up to you saying, these people are destroying America and you need to know about it and the mainstream media is not going to tell you about this. That people standing in line to go into and see a physical artifact, okay, the Liberty Bell, thinking that somehow they're participating in freedom you know, by just going and visiting in person a physical object from that time period. Now, I'm not no disrespect against the whole concept of the Liberty Bell. Fine, whoever wants to go and see it and you know get a glimpse into our, you know past American history, I, I have no problem with that. But I'm saying the people in line, many of them did engage in taking the information from our hands, but many had this this same mocking or scoffing attitude. And a lot of them, you could tell, have this attitude of, these people are just troublemakers. They're just malcontents. They They think they have it so bad. Why don't you go live somewhere else? I'm not saying there aren't worse places than America. Of course there are. But... There's no good places in the world. The whole planet is a prison, essentially. The whole planet doesn't understand sovereignty. The whole planet doesn't understand truth. The whole planet has no conceptualization of what real freedom is. It doesn't matter where you go. You're just going to a worse place within the global tyranny. The whole place is global tyranny. So this whole attitude of America, love it or leave it, people can take that attitude and cram it up their ass sideways as far as I'm concerned, and I'll, I'll say it that harsh, okay, because I'm not going to leave this place. I'm in here for the long haul, whether it comes to a physical revolution or not. I'm going to continue to wage the revolution in spirit and in mind, and if it comes to a physical revolution, I'm still not going anywhere. I'll be here, and I'll be fighting on the side of truth and freedom. So, you know, don't tell me where I need to leave because this place is where I was born. It's my birthright, and it's where the people who founded this country fought and defended human freedom with blood. So, again, anybody that has that attitude about real patriots, people who are really trying to free the minds and hearts of the people in this totally brainwashed, mind-controlled country, you know what you could do with that attitude, okay? So that's all I have to say about people like that. One other quick thing I want to bring up is in front of the Constitution Center, okay? Now, just think about this for a minute. In front of the building that is represents having a you know, land that is about we the people. There was an entire family with tons of packages seated on the steps of the Constitution Center waiting for a tourist trolley. And maybe they weren't from the United States. I don't even know. 
Okay, but I went up to him, me and another activist, and attempted to hand him a flyer. And the I, I, they said, well, "What's this?" Like I, Barb said, you know, commented that it was as if you tried to hand them a recipe for cooking babies. As comical as that sounds, and the ridiculousness of the notion it brings to the mind, it was like that was the mental, that was the, the physical look on their face, just taking out a single slip of paper and attempting to put some information into their hand. It was like you had, you know, attempted them to look at the most, the grossest atrocity that has ever been committed by humanity. You know, like this look came over their face like, Ugh, like you're trying to hand me something with words on it and they're like what's this about uh, the the father the mother and the children all with this you know how dare you stranger approach us you don't speak to us on the street we're uh, busy about our shopping and tourism or whatever you know how dare you attempt to hand us a piece of information and i said well you know, this is a uh, march uh, to raise awareness of what the Federal Reserve System is doing that's completely immoral and basically making the American people destitute uh, with a complete Ponzi scheme, which is what their fractional reserve banking system is. Uh, we find that's immoral. We're speaking out against it. We're trying to raise awareness of what they do, and here's some information about it. And I said, and this is also a, ra a rally to end the illegal wars of aggression that are made possible by funding the federal by the funding of the federal reserve system that makes all these illegal wars offshore wars of aggression uh, that are preemptive possible and able to continue for so long and uh, they said we have better things to do with our time than to waste our time with junk like this literally that's exactly the response we have better things to do with our time than to waste our time with junk like this. And I said, junk like this, like what's really going on in the world, you'd rather remain ignorant about it and do nothing about it. And you're sitting on the steps of the Constitution Building in Philadelphia. I said, enjoy your slavery. That's, you can do nothing for someone in that state of consciousness. They are a golem. They have no consciousness. They're not really a human being. They're, a, they're an animal in human form calling themselves a human being. But they're, they're, they are the dead. The dark occultists call these people the dead for a reason. They are the dead. Someone like that is beyond help. And I'm not trying to say get discouraged and stop the effort. But someone like that ultimately needs to be drowned by the chorus of truth that we need to raise. We need to have so many people speaking the truth that it is impossible to ignore and that they are uncomfortable in their bubble of ignorance. We have to make it uncomfortable. We have to make it more uncomfortable for people to remain ignorant than to go to the truth, regardless of how uncomfortable that is. That's how many people need to see people disagree with this approach that they think no pressure is involved. Let me tell you something. To make a diamond, pressure is needed. We need pressure applied to create something that is good. It's not going to happen without willful effort and pressure. People say the truth doesn't need to be 
defended. It doesn't need to be defended, but it does need to be spread. It does need to be spoken into existence. And in doing that, you are creating a pressurized effect that eventually it's like walls closing in and no one can escape it. Unfortunately, it's, that dynamic is turned upside down and the pressure is all coming from the mind control syndicate. They have more, they're applying all the pressure, not the truth, the real truth activists, not the my freedom activists. I'm talking about people who really know what's going on. We need to apply more pressure, folks, and do that in an unapologetic way. So, you know, I took some time to relate some negative experiences that went on yesterday, but I think it's very telling about where we're at in consciousness. Let's go to the phones to wrap up the show. Here we go. Caller from Philadelphia. You're live on What on Earth is Happening. Welcome. Is this Jay Parker? Yes. Jay, what's up? I, I just wanted... I just wanted to say, Mark, that, you know, this spring with the Free Mind Conference and the end of Fed and the wars, I, I mean, I, I believe we're going to start to see some real activist groundwork uh, in Philadelphia. So uh, don't despair. Well, it's certainly, it's certainly, stay with me for a moment, Jay, if you will. Uh, uh, let's take, let's take this call out to the end of the show. Since you've called in, we could hype up the Free Your Mind conference a bit for the listeners as well. But uh, I, I want to touch on what you were saying. I do think it's true that there's a lot of activist work going on here in Philadelphia, most certainly. Okay. There's a lot of groups here. I mean, you know, well, what on earth is happening is here. Um, Truth, Freedom, Prosperity is here. The Free Your Mind Conference is here. The Tesla Science Foundation is here. We have a lot of stuff going on here in the city, you know. Um, so there's no shortage of events that are promoting truth and freedom, most certainly. The, the thing it's is, you see... It's not coordinated. It's not only that it's not coordinated, isn't it the same people involved in all of these groups? It's a tiny core group that's really involved in all of these groups. They're the same people that you see over and over and over again, regardless of where you go. You know, they call Philadelphia, it's a small metropolitan city. It's one of the small big cities. You know, it's like New York, it's, it's you know, Philly is its uh, younger brother. And it, it seems like it's a, it's a big town, but it's a small town as well. And you see the same people coming out over and over and over again, you know. Um, so what do you think can be done to engage more people to get involved in all of these efforts so that we can start spreading this in a more targeted way? Well, that, we've had this discussion before and uh, also with uh, Michael Falsetta. And, and basically, the outreach of Free Your Mind this April is going to incorporate an entire room of over 30 vendors uh, dedicated to he the healing arts and also information that's going to empower people psychologically and financially. And that's where we have to start in it, just the street level, um, you know, grassroots and um, build organizations that are truly grassroots. That's right. Uh, the problem with Campaign for Liberty and the Ron Paul organization was basically they wanted to be Republicans. And the truth is neither Democrat nor Republican. Right. It's, it's the truth. 
they, they, they want to become the new establishment instead of ultimately removing the quote-unquote establishment, you know? Well, the establishment, if we have a revolution, then the oppressed become the oppressor. Right, exactly. And uh, I'm, I'm really hoping that, you know, I know this is going to sound uh, New Age cornball, but I'm hoping that, you know, the mind calendar end, actually, we get a small fundamental energy shift in, uh, in frequency here on the planet, and it helps open people's minds up to uh, new ideas. Excellent. Jake, uh, great way to take the show out. Certainly very possible. Ladies and gentlemen, Jay Parker, one of the speakers for the upcoming Free Your Mind 2 conference in April of 2013. Great to hear from you, Jay. That's all the time we have for this edition of What on Earth is Happening. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you right here next week. <laughs>